I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and I'm so excited that Susan has nominated Tamara Johnson for a Game Changer Award. And we have Tamara here with us this morning to tell us all about the incredible work she's doing. So congratulations, Tamara, on your Game Changer nomination. And we're so excited to learn more about this incredible work. Thank you for joining us. So Tamara, tell me a little bit about the work that you're doing and how you got started doing it. Sure. Um, so it started probably way back in 2002 when I first found my beautiful little puppy. She was just one month old outside a temple and she would have been run over or, or poisoned or killed. And I, I took her in and then basically that started my love of Thai dogs. And she was my first ever dog actually. And we had fam like family members that had dogs, but we never owned a dog. So from that, she she became my life, of course. So we we when she was three years old, we moved to Australia from Thailand, and then that was a long process. So we lived in Malaysia for six months, and then we she had one month quarantine in Australia, and then. Once we went back to Australia, I went back teaching, but then I was backwards and forwards to Thailand because I just I just wanted to continue to help the dogs here. So I was every school holidays or I would take long service leave, I'd come and help dogs and and my heart was drawing me back here. But taking a dog from Thailand to Australia and then back to Thailand again is not an easy decision. And in the end I decided that I needed to come back. And that's when I came back and started Thai Street Paws Rescue and all because of this one little puppy. And mm. she's passed away now. She was 17. She passed away two years ago. And when she left me, I promised her I would continue doing this and continue helping the dogs here in, in Thailand and in, and in particular our town where I found her. Gosh, what an incredible it's an incredible story. And so I have so many questions, but <laughs> when, when you came back, uh, cause you, I believe you, you went as a school teacher and then recognized the depth and the breadth of the, of the, the dog, the, the homeless yeah. dog, the way that they were treated. And you basically have, you didn't know you were going to be switching professions, but you, you, you are a full, like you became a full-time, you moved back to become a full-time rescuer. The process of getting a rescue started from nothing had to have been slightly overwhelming? It was very overwhelming. And it started like just with a few dogs, actually. I was feeding and sterilizing, vaccinating dogs. And then uh, some dogs were poisoned along a road beside my home. And I decided, okay, those, the rest of the dogs can't stay there. So I admitted them to a, to a vet clinic. And then we opened our foster home. And then it just... You know, I was like, it's getting too big. I, and then it was bigger than ever. But I was still trying to juggle some part-time teaching. And, you know, I'd be having to cancel last minute because I'm at the vet with a, with a sick dog. So I was like, okay, this is not going to work. Um, I still do do some, you know, random days teaching at a university. But every day is dogs. So every day is waking up and, you know, whether it's, being at my sanctuary, going out to do spay and neuter, vaccinations. So my whole life revolves around the rescue now. Gosh. It's changed a lot. So tell us, 
tell me a little bit about um, you. You're working amidst a, a culture that has a lot of homeless animals, starving animals, but also misunderstood. The the dogs are very misunderstood. Are you seeing an evolution of cultural change where people are beginning to recognize the why of what you do? Or do you feel like generally speaking, yeah. there's still a lot of harshness and, and misunderstanding pertaining to dogs where you're at? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question because where I am too is a, a high population of Muslim. And this, this becomes difficult because obviously they don't like dogs. Some of them do but they don't want them in the area. And then, you know, I understand that I I try to get across to them, I'm trying to help you with spay and neuter and vaccinations. And they're like, just take the dog, take the dog. We don't want the dog. But they don't understand that I can't take every dog. So yeah. I'm trying to educate and trying to provide what I can. And uh, sometimes it feels like I'm banging my head against a brick wall and I go, when is this ever going to change? I don't think it's going to change. But I I think I can see a slight change in things. Mm -hmm. And when people come to me and ask me, can you please take my dog to be spayed or neutered? And parvo and distemper are very big where we are. Wow. So, you know, this is a kind of a thing that I'm I, I'm not, you know, vaccine, over-vaccinating, but it, it's essential here. Of course, so of course. When they come to me and they ask me for help with skin problems or ticks or sterilization, vaccination, like for me, that's a win. And when they yeah. want the dog back, that's a bigger win. So, you know, I, I, I always say I'm more than happy to help you, but I can't take in, Yeah, I can't take your dog unless it's an extreme case. So... Um, I do feel like we are. Do you, do you, so as you are helping people, educating people about how to, how to care for dogs, how to prevent disease, how to prevent um, additional puppies from entering mm. the world. Um, are um, you, when you are, when you have rescued these animals, then are they up for adoption? Are you trying to place yeah. them? Are you trying to get them out of the country and into areas where there's a more um, warm and welcoming environment for these dogs? Or what's the process of of then trying to rehome the dogs yeah. that you've saved? Yeah, and that we, we do. That is the end goal. And adopting locally is very, very rare. I'm I mean, sure. if, if I put a call out for fosters, like we had four abandoned pup, um, orphaned puppies because the mum was killed mm. that were two days old and trying to find a foster was almost impossible. Yeah. So adoptions locally don't really happen. Yeah. I have done a few adoptions locally, but most of ours are abroad. But, of course, we, we were adopting to the US through with partner rescues and Canada, but these rules are changing now. So... And Europe is still okay. We do the rabies tighter and we can send them to Europe. Um, the problem is that I guess during COVID, we became, I became so busy with so many starving dogs on the street and oh. we took in a lot and there just wasn't the food source for them. And now our, our sanctuary is overflowing. We're actually in the process of building a new place. We're meant to be in by the end of the month. But 
our funds are like pretty bad right now because we have like I think we we look after 250 dogs every day do you have do you do you have volunteers do you are there some local volunteers that understand your heart your mission your goal local not so much we have a, a a small school community at the international school that have just said they would like to start to help out more and try to get their students to come in and help um but we we, we relied previously like 100 percent on volunteers and then COVID hit and there's no volunteers so I've had to employ local people but that's that's also difficult because their their mindset and my mindset about how animals the basic needs are very different right so yeah, what would do do the do the veterinarians in the area obviously the the local veterinarians uh love animals hopefully uh that's why they became vets. Yes. do do they do they understand your mission and your goals? Do you have some camaraderie with, with the veterinarians you're working with? Or do even the veterinarians think, my goodness, this woman's a little dog crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they all do. But I have one that I, I use for everything. And he's amazing. And he is very big into Spain and Utah. And he is phenomenal in what he does. And he he understands and he has done some amazing surgeries like we have one dog somebody cut off the nose with a machete and he'd never seen a case like this but he went home and he researched and he told me I can do this surgery and he did and he did an amazing job and uh, I am very lucky to have such a a talented uh, vet and he understands me when, you know, I'll go in and I'm like, I've got, I want to get dogs today for spay and neuter. And then I'll come back and I'm like, I've got three, I've got three, you know, and he's like just as happy as I am. And they've taken me three hours to catch. So he's, he really gets it. And I really appreciate that. Um, and it, it is difficult. I'm, I'm lucky that I do have a very good vet like that because not everywhere in Thailand is like that. Yes. And, you know, we are still at times, you know, I need to go to Bangkok or or somewhere else to get more advice. But I'm very lucky with the vet that I have. Yeah, you are. That's that's a that's a blessing that you have one Absolutely. comrade in the trenches that of of medical mindset to be able to help you with those profound cases of disease and abuse and neglect. Mm, absolutely. Um, that this is a series of pretty. You're a resilient soul, my friend. You're you're a strong, strong <laughs> have human. To be. Yeah, you do have to be. You you yeah. have to be strong in lots of ways to do what you do. And what mm-hmm. what you are doing is amazing. When you get up in the morning, Tamara, the typical question I ask is, "What do you love most about your job?" And I know that you love what you're doing. You are living in a foreign country, working in very difficult circumstances. This yeah. is your heart and soul. That's very obvious. Yeah. But I think love maybe isn't the right term. What what motivates you? What is the reason that you get up every morning and do what you do? What is what is your reason for okay. this? Yeah, I mean. Obviously, it comes back to my Bella because she was the reason that I started this. And she's, you know, when she passed, when she's passing away in my arms, I promised her that I'm going to continue caring for your friends here and I'm not going to give up. And there's so many times lately where I'm just like, I just want to go home. It's too hard. The cultural difference is too hard. 
you know, people ripping me off and I don't have enough money and I'm tired and I don't get a day off. And, and then I go and I feed my street dogs and I'm like, what would they do if I'm not here? Yeah. You know, like I come home to my dogs and yeah, they drive me crazy sometimes. Like, but you know, walking away from that is not easy either. So yeah. I have to just find a way to keep going. I need to find a balance. There's yeah. someone now wanting to get in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Tamara, how many in the place that you live and your your yeah. dogs versus yeah, the yeah. dogs that you're feeding and caring for? How how many how many dogs do you, are you are in your space right now? Okay, in my home there's 15 right now, and I told myself it wouldn't go over like five, but here we are at 15. So I understand. I totally understand. Tamara, um, if you could tell the world one thing, or if you would want the world to know one thing, what would it be? I think um, I just want people to be more compassionate with without with um, living beings that have no choice. They don't want to be there. I mean, I, I look at these little puppies and I'm like, they didn't ask to be born. Yeah. And they didn't ask to be abused or poisoned so I think I just I think sometimes we've lost touch with reality and you know we're all living beings and 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 let's let's be nice to everything yeah. on, on the planet you know and and respect them and try to help where we can and when I see people you know with not a lot of money and they're really trying to help like that makes me that makes me happy yeah yeah compassion is uh, an important piece it's the most important piece mm -hmm. of us taking care of each other and taking care of the other mm -hmm. inhabitants on the earth you've moved to another country to care for mm -hmm. animals there and it's amazing Tamara if people wanted to support your work to donate to your work to learn more about what you're doing in your mission where would they go to find that information Sure. Um, we have a Facebook page and it's called Thai Street Paws Rescue. And we also have Instagram. And I think it's the same name. I think it's Thai Street Paws. I think it's Thai Street Paws Dog Rescue on Instagram. Okay. And yeah, that's the best place to find us and reach out. And, you know, every everything helps. Um, yeah. Sharing helps. One dollar helps. You know, everything. Yes. Every, it helps to keep, keep to keep going. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And the whole reason that the Game Changer series exists is to shed light and to bring light and awareness to this important work that all of these amazing game changers are doing around mm -hmm. the world, you being one of them. And it's such an honor to be able to connect with you to learn more about this critical work that you're doing. And my hope and prayer is that people see this recognize the need and then feel compassion and in turn uh, want to support you in the work that you're doing. So thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you. I'm so honored because you're one of my heroes. So I'm so honored to actually meet you and to talk to you and, and for you to interview me. So you have no idea how much this means to me. And thank you so much.